Hi everyone, this is Larry Antoniak from Winnipeg, Manitoba. You know, I'm not a bike packer. I don't own a mountain bike. I know virtually nothing about uh, bicycle history and even less, if that's possible, about mechanics. Uh, I don't even know Steve. I just enjoy listening to his podcast so I can try to learn something uh, from the uh, vast world of cycling. I'm a casual, but, uh, but quite an avid cyclist who tries to get out most days for a bike ride. Anyway, uh, my wife and I uh, were just finishing up a wonderful 30k ride on a breezy day down a few of the many bike uh, paths that the uh, city of Winnipeg has to offer. As uh, John F. Kennedy once said, nothing compares to the simple pleasure of a bike ride. And that's something that uh, I really truly believe in. So on that note, I'll pass the baton over to uh, our host of the uh, My Back 40 podcast, Steve O'Jones. Larry Antoniak, thank you so much for that voice intro. Uh, I appreciate it. And if you want to send me voice intros, and uh, I'd love to hear from you, you can do that. You can just email them to me, myback40podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can send me those voice intros, feedback, guest suggestions. Uh, love hearing from you. Just write, write me a note. Let me know what you think. Um, always looking for ways to improve the podcast and make the content more interesting to everybody. And, um, yeah, it's cool that the podcast is reaching people who, who, you know, like Larry, who's an avid cyclist, but you know, not really a bike packer and, you know, not a racer type guy, you know, just a guy who likes to keep moving and stay active. And, uh, it's good for not only our body, but it's also good for our mental health. So, uh, I appreciate the support, Larry. And uh, those of you who follow me on Instagram can uh, check out a picture of Larry and wearing his awesome My Back 40 t-shirt that you will get if you donate. So if you want to check out how to support the My Back 40 podcast, head on over to myback40.org slash support. And uh, if you donate, I'll send you a shirt. Simple as that. Good stuff. So I don't want to, this is something I wanted to talk about just briefly. I, didn't, I don't want to um, kind of bring a cloud over the podcast this morning, but uh there's been uh, there's been a death in my family and uh, and it made me think um, about the concept of and some of you may have heard this concept before but the the idea of how many times so life is short and you hear people say that all the time it's like life is short life is short get out there and do stuff but man it's important life is for fucking short <laughs> we're not here forever and um, you know, the stories we tell ourselves, like, I can't do that, or I'm not capable of doing that, or I'm afraid, or, uh, you know, the list goes on of excuses you can make to not be doing the things that you kind of dream of out of, and you're not doing it because of fear. Think about how many times. So an example, I was, I was talking to my mom this morning, and um, I was saying, like, how many times are we going to be able to get together? They live in Ontario. You know, I live out here in BC and it's like, how many times are we going to be able to get together before you guys aren't around anymore? It's not that many times. And if you, if you kind of do the math on a lot of different things, like, I don't know, how many vacations am I going to have, you know, uh, with my family while they're still around or, you know, how many awesome bike packing trips am I going to go on before you know, I'm unable to do it or I'm not around anymore. Or, um, how many times are you going to, you know, kiss your kids goodnight after you read books to them? Or, you know, you could go on, just, just think of anything that you do in your life and think of how many times you're going to do that before you're not around anymore. And it'll really drive it home and hopefully just 
maybe give give us all a little bit of urgency i guess not urgency i mean it's you know we still we still got to live our life and and not be worried about death um i've been thinking about death a lot and i'm not really afraid of death but when uh, the older i get the the more i'm seeing people around me um passing and i think it's important to uh to just put that in perspective and the uh the the person who passed away just just last night actually uh, was my aunt, and uh, I haven't seen her for for many many years. I just don't get the chance to to get back to Ontario, and so regretfully, um, I I wasn't able to be there during this time. But yeah, it just made me think about the how many times concept. So think about that, um, and I'm not trying to bum us out, but yeah, just think about that. Think about how many times we have left before we're not around anymore. So if if you if you've got these excuses that you you can't do this or you can't do that because you don't feel capable. Just fucking get out there and do it because you're not going to know if you can do stuff until you actually do it, whether it be a bikepacking race, just a tour, um, hiking up a mountain. Um, and when you get that, when you do it, when you finally do it and you get out there and you're standing out at, at some peak with your bikepacking rig and you're looking out, think about the accomplishment and think about how many times you're going to do that before you're gone and really let that soak in. And I think that that'll just make that achievement so much more meaningful. So yeah, just a little bit of, a little bit of, I don't know whether it's wisdom or food for thought or whatever, but uh, yeah, think about how many times. So last night I uh, had a conversation with Lyle Wilson um, of Nipica mountain resort and it was awesome. We've been trying to connect for a while. Um, He's a busy guy and um, I love going up to Nipica, and some of you probably saw the shots on my um, on my Instagram uh, yesterday. I was out there. We were supposed to do the podcast out there, but kind of you know Lyle's busy, busy guy, and he kind of ran out of time. But I squeezed in a ride, and uh, it was amazing. It was so awesome. There's bear shit everywhere. Hey, bear! <laughs> but um, yeah, it was an awesome, awesome ride, and it's a beautiful environment. And uh, they've got uh, I don't know what he said in the podcast last night. I think. 70k of trails or something like that altogether. I don't know. That podcast is going to come out next week, and I would recommend you listen to that because uh, you know Lyle's been around. He's a trained Olympic athlete uh, for cross country skiing, and uh, he's he had a, a few awesome words of wisdom in that podcast that really blew me away. Um, sometimes I, I'll ask a question, and and sometimes these answers are just like wow, just amazing. And uh, lots of wisdom in that podcast. And uh, we talk about trail advocacy as well. Uh, Those of you who listen, who maybe visit Invermere from time to time, will know we've been experiencing some challenges here. Uh, Mountain biking has kind of been vilified, for lack of a better word. Um, Finger pointing at all the mountain bikers for doing all the damage in the valley. And it's just incorrect. And uh, we talk a little bit about that as well. So I'm really excited to bring that to you. And that's going to be happening next week. And then the week after that, I'm going to have a conversation coming out with Carrie State of K-Lite and a little bit of a different conversation, um, focusing more around uh, mental health um, and again, doing what drives you, doing what you're passionate about. And um, yeah, that's a really great conversation as well. Uh, I didn't have to do much work in that chat. Carrie pretty much carried that whole podcast. and uh, But I think there's a lot of valuable takeaways in there. So I'm really excited to um, bring you that podcast week after next. I want to thank my supporters who uh, who have recently reached out. 
and uh, supported me. I've got some new patrons as well as some, uh, some t-shirts going out to some supporters. And I really want to thank you guys. Like, uh, uh, it means a lot. And I also want to thank cycling one one for their support of the podcast. And, uh, they still have the promo code going one one VIP 20, where you can save 20% off a bike fit or consultation. And also another uh, promo code I'd like to share is uh, Ryan Draper's NAC bar ambassador code, which is Ryan. So if you head over to NAC bar, do a little bit of shopping. If you spend over 50 bucks, you're going to get free shipping. And if you use that promo code Ryan, you're going to save 20% off that purchase. So make sure you head on over there. I also want to thank rebound cycle for their support. Um, you know what? The support I've gotten on this podcast is just fantastic. And, and I just, I can't say thank you enough. I wish I could just read off all the names, but I don't have permission to read uh, the names of the supporters off. Um, so I'm just kind of keeping it kind of on the DL, but uh, just know that I really appreciate everything that you're doing to support the My Back 40 podcast. So this week I bring you, uh, I'm going to keep it local, keeping it to Invermere. Actually the next two weeks, because I've got, you know, Chris Skinner this week and Lyle Wilson next week. But Chris Skinner, uh, when I first moved to Invermere and kind of fell in with a group of friends, I ended up marrying one of these people, my wife, Chris. Um, but in the, in the circle of friends that she hung out with, I met, I met Chris and, uh, I never really got to know him that well, you know, very friendly guy. I always see him around. Um, and, uh, we were talking in the store. I work at North star hardware. If anyone's in Invermere and wants to come by for a visit, I'm the freight guy. I work in the back at North star hardware. It's a Rona in Invermere, but, um, he was in the store and we got to chatting just about kind of what I've been up to with the podcast. And, um, uh, he started talking kind of about how his company play West kind of evolved through the years and how he just was basically answering a calling. It's like, I want to, I want to show people around the Rockies and the Purcells and, and I want to guide people and I, I want to share experiences with these people. So, um, his company means a whole lot to him. And, uh, because of, uh, this special episode, this local episode, he wanted to, to extend a discount to you guys. So people who are visiting Invermere can head on over to playwest.ca, check out some of the trips he has there, some of his, uh, programs. And if, if you want to book something, you can use the promo code MB40 POD, MB40 pod, MB40 POD. If you use that, you're going to save 15%. So what better way to experience Invermere than to head out on the trails with a local who can show you all the wicked spots. So um, check it out, playwest.ca. Uh, if you see something you like and you want to book it, use the promo code MB40POD to save 15% off that booking. So um, enough of this intro. Man, they're getting long, hey? So <laughs> sorry about that. seems like I always have something I want to pontificate on for a little while. But anyway, it's just my MO. So without further delay, I want to bring you Chris Skinner. I emceed for for Willie for you know Will Comrie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah we would and I I've emceed like um, Syndicate Board Shop um, back in the like back in the day. Um, yeah, their uh, their rail jams and some of their events up at Panorama. So oh yeah, I can. I can I I can totally jam a mic, yeah. It's, especially if I get a few drinks into me, then it gets real loose. <laughs> That's funny. So Chris Skinner, I have booked him today, and um, we're just gonna shoot the shit. Yeah, man. Like, uh, so I moved here about a decade ago, and uh, met my now wife, and I think you were in that kind of circle that, that she hung around with. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah so we were kind of 
Yeah. Oh, God, you brought that up. <laughs> um, well, yeah, awesome. So it's funny that you brought that up. So that um, that was a nickname that started years ago when I was uh, like 17 or 18. I was working in Ontario. I was working for a, for a house-raising company. And the uh, I, and one of my really good friends at the time got me into the program there and uh, or on, got me a job. I was just a laborer, and I was a very young kid. And, um, yeah, the, the boss, Danny, um, thought that I looked like uh, Pugsley from the Adams Family because I had a shaved head and this, you know, pudgy round face. And so it, you know, that sort of became my nickname back home. And so... Um, a few years later, I ended up moving to, uh, coming out to Panorama and, uh, um, a, f- a fellow that you very well know, I think anyways, uh, Chris Rajay was the, um, human resources. I think he was the human resources director at Panorama or he was in the HR department. And so he was coordinating staff accommodation and, um, it turns out that he put, uh, he put me and three other Chris's. Um, or two other Chris's in a staff which was a very small, you know, two-bedroom condo that they stuffed eight people in. And, and uh, so after about two and a half weeks, three weeks of living there, it was like, you know, somebody would say, hey, Chris, you know, like, can you come to the kitchen? And all three of us would show up from different places in the house. And jokester right he's like he's just like damn you Rajay and uh so anyways it was pretty funny um finally I was like I've had enough and I I took one for the team and I was like let's use nicknames back home I'm known as Pugsley and um there was we were having a party or whatever and and uh one of the girls there was a cartoonist um, Sarah Blie, we her nickname was Blah, and Blah was like, no, 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 no. You look like, you look like Pud from, from the Double Bubble Wrapper, the cartoon, because I always had a ball cap on, big round face, and you know, and I was like, no, 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 that's never gonna stick. It's it's Pugsley, and she's like, no, no, it's Pud. I'm like, okay. About a week later, uh, Neil Carey, a really good friend of mine, is. Uh, is out on the mountain. I'm working with him. We were lifties. He was at the same party and he loved it. He's like, Oh, that's totally going to be this guy's name. And, uh, so we're out working and, uh, he called me on the radio. Hey, Pud, what's your 20? And I answered. And of course there's like 40 other people that are working on the mountain that have radios and know exactly who just answered them. And that was it. I've, yeah, it's like COVID. Exactly. Yeah. I've had that nickname. I've actually gotten away from it, thankfully, until now. <laughs> um, but uh, I've, yeah, that's 20, we're going on 25 years now. <laughs> that's not the vulnerable time that I was talking about. <laughs> well, maybe. Early on, Pud was so 
I had to ask that forever because I just all I've all I ever heard was that. What's the guy's dude's name? Yeah. Well, it was funny. So, you know, it went on for for 15 years. I even had a I even had one of my businesses was called Puddles Promotions, which was pretty funny. Um, but uh eventually get when I kind of got into the contracting game, um uh a, another friend of mine, Gord, uh, who works for McNeil Mowing, Neil Carey. And um, he uh, he would introduce me to prospective clients, um, you know, and, and he'd be like, yeah, so this is the guy I was telling you about who does the decks and the fences. And, uh, yeah, this is Pud. And I'd look at Gord like, hey, how's it going? My name's Chris. It's nice to meet you. I'm happy to meet you. And, and Gord would look at me and he'd be like, oh, sorry. Yeah, right. And finally I had to say, like, I'm like, Gord. I know that you've you've been calling me this for like 15 years, but it's got to stop. Like, I'm trying to trying to be professional here, <laughs> and you're calling me a nickname that we used to drink way too many beers with. So, puddles promotions, yeah. So, <laughs> for some reason, um, in the panorama days, I I kind of got the idea that I I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And, uh, I liked to have a good time and, and I worked in the bar a little bit and I had a really good friend who, uh, was the manager of one of the bars and we came up with this idea that we were going to, we, we should start a, a promotions company and, um, and yeah, and we could do like pub crawls and throw parties and, you know, and sort of get things going and, we uh we teamed up and we came up with this idea of puddles promotions and um i did a a snowboard competition up at panorama um we did one pub crawl to to banff and then eventually it it ended up turning into um doing like a group sales for panorama i would do sort of weekend warrior trips from from calgary to panorama and the focus was um was like the social clubs in the major corporate Calgary companies. And uh, so, you know, it was a lot of cold calling. It was a lot of, you know, kind of grinding on the phones and trying to get business. And and it eventually it got to the point where I was like, okay, wait a second. You're calling companies to try and get them to go on ski vacations and you're calling yourself Puddles Promotions. It doesn't really sort of lend its hand to you know, like a super pro, you know, like, so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of Puddles Promotions evolved from like a, uh, an event management sort of promotions thing to, to, yeah, getting into the vacations business a little bit with Panorama. Before you started that, sorry, just rewind a little bit. Sure. Yeah, so uh, I'm one of those imports from Ontario that never, yeah, never left, right? There's a lot of us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I moved out when I was, I think, 20. Uh, moved around a lot, but mostly, like, w- we spent most of our time north of Toronto. Um, so, like, Newmarket, um, Bradford, Beaverton, like, small town, smaller towns, not major cities. Um yeah, and then uh, Beaverton, Ontario was the last place that, that I, I lived in Ontario. And then, yeah, I moved out 
when I was 20 for a season as a lifty at Panorama. And, yeah, had the time of my life. It was, you know, one of the most memorable experiences I've had. Um, and it was enough to, you know, decide to come back and make this home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, with Miss Slater training right there in the city of Houston. Yeah, cool. And so it's funny, every time you see someone or you meet someone, say, our age, kind of working in the industry, you know, just we're in a tourist kind of area, that's the story. It's like, I worked here, you know, either vacation there or I read about it. You know, now Whistler is pretty, you know, it's a big resort, that whole Whistler Black Home region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always wondered, so eventually I ended up here um, through probably a mutual friend, Kirby Brown. Oh, yeah, I know Kirby, yeah. So, so he, was the, he was the president yeah. of Panama. Yeah. And uh, my contact brought up in, in Vancouver, the mobility firms, and I just, I was on the Interwest site, and I was like, oh, IT manager. There wasn't a whole lot in Canada at that time. It was yeah. Like stuff in the States. But, um, and so I just texted <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so that's actually a pretty good story. Um, so I, I, as a kid, as a teenager, I was huge into skateboarding, like massive, like it was, it was like the big, big deal. Um, and then, you know, I, I got my first snowboard. It was a legend, not the SE, didn't have the edges from Canadian Tire when I was like 12 years old. Yeah. And so I would shred that with my buddies on, you know, like on the back hills, you know, behind the schools and all that sort of thing on 15 centimeters of snow and, you know, falling and doing kid stuff. And I was really passionate about it. And I kept telling my parents, I was like, look, I really want to go, like when I'm old enough, I really want to go to, to Banff, Lake Louise, like, cause you know, snow Transworld snowboard magazine, like I, I would inhale those things. Like I would just be ferociously flipping through and be like, oh, I want to go there. I want to go there. I want to go there. And I want to check that out. And so anyways, my parents got sick of hearing it and, um, a very old family friend, came into my mom's work she was a banker and my mom had managed her her finances for years uh came in and was like hey how's chris doing like you know we used to look after him like how's he doing what's he he's got to be you know almost an adult by now and she's like yeah you know he's he's 19 and he's super into snowboarding and he really wants to go out west and she's like no way she goes i've got a really really close friend who works as the assistant mountain operations manager at Panorama. And she's like, maybe we should connect them and see whether or not he could go out there for a season of work. And my mom at the time wasn't really thinking about losing her son to the mountains and was like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. He would love that. And sure enough, you know, phone interview and and uh, I got offered the job and... I think it was like November 28th or 29th or something like that. I got on a plane and flew out here. What year was that? 
It was like 95, 96. Somewhere, I think. It's funny because memories, you know, kind of gone a little bit, getting old. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I, well, I'm, how, do, how old do I look? I'm, th- I'm actually, yeah, I'm 45. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to see how long I could play that joke but, or play with that, but uh, I'm good. <laughs> right? Like that was a, that was a thing. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, dude, that's. It, well, I mean, if there's if there's anybody that you let snake you, it's Craig Kelly. I mean, I bless that guy. Just the yeah. 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 Like in a good way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, game changer. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cuz that would have been cuz that would have been long before pipe dragons, right? Like or or any sort of Do they have a shaper? Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. Right. Nobody knew what they were doing then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is a really cool tool. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's funny because I think if you're to poll like anybody that's been a ski resort employee, like you know, I mean, it's it's funny because even I look back and there weren't very many locals that worked at Panorama when I first showed up. And, you know, I mean, now a lot of friends that have stuck it out and have been there for 20 years or 25 years are considered locals. They've, you know, they've, they've paid taxes here long enough and had the postal code long enough that they've sort of been, you know, let into that fold. But, um, but yeah, I feel like that's been a rite of passage for a lot of people, you know, which is super cool. Oh man, that dude! The world is that world. That the ski world is so small, and I'm just like you know. I'm sure that the bike world, like you know, your your bike packing, the bike packing scene, like for you guys, is 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 probably pretty tight knit group. And 
maybe not small on scale, but just in terms of, you know, degrees of separation, shit like that. Like, it's hard to say. I guess it's kind of pretty niche Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, there was definitely, you know, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a riot. Like it was, I, I've got so many great memories and I've, I've, I've made some of the, some of the best friends that I've ever had. Dude, I know, man. I I mean, it's, (laughs) we really, we really got to dig deep in the old fucking cavern that's my head to find some of those memories. But yeah they're they're there like there's and i'm you know uh, some of my my very closest friends are people that i've met there yeah i would agree yeah yeah and i would still you know not, i would say close to a lot of them now cuz i've been out here for been out of the ski ski industry for quite a while now but you know i can i can always reach out to one of those those guys yeah and and, and yeah yeah good like like kirby i, I keep in contact with kirby yeah It's it's actually pretty funny. One thing that um, that stuck with me over the years um, was a friend. After our first season, actually, you know, it's the end of the season, and everybody's like, "Okay, we're going home, right? We're all going back to the different parts of their province or or country." And it was super sad. And there was um, there was one person who was um, uh, Chrissy. She was always really really great about it's not see you later. It, or no, it's not goodbye. It's we'll see you later, or we'll see you next time. And that's I've held on to that for a long time, and uh, it's pretty cool because there's a lot of friends that I haven't seen for a long time, and you get us in a room, and it's like no time has passed. It's like it's you know it's so easy to get back into really simple conversations, really great conversations, lots of laughs. Uh, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, I feel that as well. Like, it's well because it's like you know I didn't go to college right away. Yeah, right. Same with me. Exactly. Yeah. He, the the loving foot up the ass out the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's a trip, hey?
this like ramp was driving out and uh anybody in or around Kamara? Oh yeah. Well, on the border, yeah. It's massive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's retarded, actually. Outdoorsy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. But, um, I remember opening, you know, uh, some food that I brought and stuck it up his chest like this big, like fucking <laughs> oh, oh, dude, our story's so similar, man. Massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, so it, yeah. I mean, it's super similar. Um, so the first time I left, like it was, you know, my mom's having a hard time. She's like, oh, I'm an only child, so it's like, oh shit is right. Yeah, yeah. That's like I've heard about it for. A lot of years now, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm her 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 quote unquote baby, you know, and leaving the house and you know, and so she was bawling at the airport and uh, and yeah, same sort of deal, right? Gives me like a bag with some food and stuff for the flight, and because it was going to be a long day, and and uh, I get into the into the waiting area to get on the plane at the gate and pull out some food and there's a letter and I pull that out and it's just like, you know, you're sitting there and like there's hundreds of people sitting around you beside you. And you're just like, I, I'm like, I don't even think I had sunglasses at the time. I'm like, try, I'm hiding behind my hat and I'm like, you know, the tears are welling up and I'm like, well, shit. So, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I should have a practice my raven call. Um, yeah. So, anyways, it, like it's super funny. Like that's super similar. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, like looking back at that now, just thinking like, you know, I think of it mostly as funny. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I'm like, yeah, well, maybe I'll like, ooh, finally. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't I mean I, I I don't have any kids so I I I do envy envy don't envy um you know parents when it's time. Yeah. And it's funny because some of my friends are getting to that point now where you know their kids are starting to are starting to leave. He wants to come down and say hello. Oh, is he? No. There, I scared him away. <laughs> That's the scare away call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, did did that and jumped around like every, just about every job over a few years there. Um, 
yeah, you name it. The only thing I didn't do was clean toilets. I wasn't a housekeeper, but I, I moved around quite a large part of that, that operation for sure. And then, um, yeah. And then I, I jumped back and forth between, uh, Invermere and Calgary. Um, you know, the first time was sort of a cabin fever deal. And then, um, the second time, um, I actually met a girl and then brought her out to Panorama and we, we kind of did a, a few years, a couple years anyways. And then she was like, yeah, I'm going to go back to Calgary, go to school. I was like, okay, well, I'm not too far behind. And then, yeah, I spent six years there and, and then, uh, that didn't work out with the girl. And so, yeah, I ended up coming back and the mountains were calling and, um, been actually pretty so I was I was doing the sales thing I and um had come up with uh, the the Play West name and I was doing the the sales thing with um with Panorama doing social clubs and group trips and that sort of thing and trying to puddles promotions Play West yeah I was I was actually I was going to do um a ski show for Panorama uh in Regina or Saskatoon and so I had like a 9 hour drive and I was like, okay, we, I got, I got time. We got to figure this out. And, uh, and yeah, it was just sort of like, okay, well, what do you do? And, you know, it was funny. It only really took maybe an hour to come up with the the name. And then, yeah, thanks, man. It's, I've, <laughs> it's gone through, it's gone through some stuff, but yeah, it's, yeah 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 there's it's there's yeah 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 it's been but it, it's it's one that you know every every facet of business that i decide to throw my hat in it sort of loosely fits you know and the yeah yeah i mean it like the idea simply was that what do you like what what do you do and well, at that time, I, I I played a lot, and it was like, okay, well, we're, but we're like, where where do you do that? And I was like, well, it's in BC, and like play BC, well, that doesn't really work, and you know, like mountains, play mountains, that doesn't work. I'm like, hmm, BC, Alberta, West, play West. This was right around the time that IntraWest was like, ooh, careful, I know, right? That's that's the swear word. Um, yeah, for all the listeners out there that still work for Interwest, if it's even around, sorry. I don't know if it is either, yeah. For Interwest? Oh, man. Oh. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hard job, though. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, when I, when I moved to Pano, I was, I was emailing you there, and I was kind of, 
you know, doing the best I can to kind of handle the divestiture of, of right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Excuse me, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I think a few years ago I had heard just sort of rumblings about they still managed a couple of properties in the States and Club Interwest and that sort of thing, but I, yeah, I don't know anymore. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was side hustling a little bit and then, um, kind of got a taste for it and, and, and had some success, which just kind of fueled the, fueled the fire, so to speak, right? It was like, Oh, okay. Well, this is, this makes sense. And, you know, and so, um, and yeah, and, and managed to do, do reasonably okay. Um, you know, the, the group sales thing, I, you know, I mean, I, I was still really young and so I would do, I would take, well, I lived in Calgary when I was doing it. And so I would pick up my guests on Friday evening in Calgary, put them on buses in some cases up to five buses, four or five buses. And um and we would drive out and we might have had a few bevies on the way, probably a lot of bevies on the way. And it just eventually it ended up being a bit of a booze cruise and and you know, I mean I was pretty young and, and definitely naive and you know, I, I feel like uh it was a good business, it was a really good model, but I feel like I liked the party a little too much and got carried away and yeah. So Yeah. Right. I mean I was young. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were doing the group sales thing and then Yeah, so what it's funny funny how things go um the summer didn't really wasn't super um it wasn't profitable like i was trying to put together golf trips and that sort of thing and it it wasn't taking off like it was tough it was a tough business to to kind of roll with um so again uh, my good buddy neil calls me up one day and he's like look you just broke up with your girlfriend you're you're swinging a hammer to pick up um, some, some money for a guy building decks and that sort of thing. And, you know, you're, you definitely seem to be reasonably okay at it. He's like, why don't you just move back to Invermere and start a deck building business? And I was like, oh, dude, I, how? Like, no. And he was very convincing and, uh, yeah. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, it was a big move. Like that's, I'm now I'm leaving from my shitty basement apartment and, you know, I'm starting all over again and all of these things. And so I sort of, I'm like humming and hawing when he's talking to me on the phone. And, and finally I, I kind of called his bluff. I was like, look, 
if you book me a job, I'll come out. I'll at least look at it. No, he, so he's like, okay, no worries. I'm pretty sure I can do that. And so what, what their business was is they would mow all of the second homeowners' homes, um, cut their grass, and then they were doing sort of small um, landscaping gigs for them and that sort of thing at that time. And he's like, dude, there is so many houses, cabins in these neighborhoods that are 30 years old and, and the decks are falling off. He's like, it would be a cash cow. Like you would be, have work for years. And uh, so called his bluff. Two hours later, he calls me back and he's like, call this guy. He, uh, he needs uh, a deck rebuilt and uh, he needs it done like ASAP. He's trying to sell the house. This was in... June, I'd already committed to the summer to the guy I was working for in Calgary. Oh, 2006. Yeah. And so, and which is a boom time for Invermere. Like it was, and Calgary, it was like, man, this place was exploding. Like subdivisions were popping up all over the lake. Like it was, it was going off. And uh, so anyways, yeah, so we, call this guy. So I call Dwight was his name. I call him up and he's like, yeah, so I've got this, uh, this massive wraparound deck on an old Viceroy home and I've got 60 feet of four foot high retaining wall that needs done. I need it done right away. Can you come and look at it tomorrow? I'm like, well, um, no, <laughs> actually I can't cause I have a full-time job in Calgary. He goes, yeah, I know. Neil told me, but he's like, I'm pretty sure you'll, you'll, this would be a good job for you if you want to take it on so I'm like I'm thinking about it I'm like all right I'll make my way out there after work on whatever it's like tomorrow and uh, I'll measure it up and we'll and I'll get a price to you so I measured it up and uh, I drove out I didn't get there until like 8 30 I measured it up had a good chat with the guy seemed legit and uh, yeah and then I took my my graph paper and I drove home that night I didn't get home until I think 12 30 or one o'clock and then got up and went to work the next day and worked for the guy and yeah I got him the price I think a couple days later and it was it wasn't cheap like I was like there's no way this guy's gonna take it like there's no way and he called me back and he's like when can you start I was like holy shit this is insane like it was it was it was probably even remember it was like five thousand square feet of decking like it was huge no no it was he was he was because he was selling he didn't want to spend that kind of money and was it that maybe it wasn't that much it was a thousand it was it was it was a lot like it was a lot to take on you know your first job and by yourself and yeah and so yeah i, I pulled the trigger and told my boss at the time I'm like look dude I got this opportunity in in Invermere that I, I gotta take it's gonna take me probably three weeks I need I need this time off and he's like man you're killing me like this is the peak season for me like I've got all these jobs and sneeze at 40 minutes 7 seconds <laughs> I paused just so you could get it out, so you can edit that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, so long story short, um, I, I get the job. The boss in Calgary is like, look, just finish the summer after you come back. And it ended up taking me like 
four four weeks because it was much bigger than I thought it was going to be. And um, the last day, I was here on a weekend to finish it off. It was a Sunday, and uh, I'm I'm working on the last piece of the project, and uh, the guy's neighbor comes by. And so, of course, they're both in oil and gas, so they're bullshitting about oil and gas stuff, and I'm plucking away. And they, he introduces me to the guy, and and uh, and Dwight looks at me. He's like, "Hey, if you ever need somebody to build your deck for you or do any uh, like stuff around the house, fence, whatever, this guy, he's your guy. You call him." Really? Oh, the wife and I have been talking about putting a brand new cedar deck on our house, and right. Well, because in in Calgary, cedar was the big thing. Yeah, right. And so, anyway, so he's like, "Yeah, so um, why don't you come on over when you're done? We'll we'll chat. We'll chat." And that was it. The rest was history. So I ended up doing that for oh, probably three or four years, and was it was good. It was really good, lucrative. lucrative and then yeah, it was lucrative. It was busy. Um, you know, at one point it was like stacked neighbor after neighbor, after neighbor, after neighbor. I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to move next door. Okay. I'm going to move next door. Okay. I'm going to move next door. And it just kind of went on from there. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was good. And, you know, I mean, Neil and, and his company were, were great for referrals for me. They were awesome. And so, um, Yeah. Yeah, and then and then things changed again. <laughs> well, somebody somebody was like, um, I don't remember exactly how it went down, but somebody was looking for somebody to do renovation in um, one of the townhouses over in Windermere, and uh, I was like, ooh, you know, like, I mean, sure, I could probably do it, but it's you know, it's kind of out of my wheelhouse. And they were like, you know what, we're we're in no hurry, and and yeah, it was sort of. I think it was actually. Yeah, I'm not sure how that went down. Anyways, it doesn't matter. So I took on a renovation job, and it went really well. Um, and then I was like, hmm, I feel like branching out a little bit. And then I made like a like I grew too fast, is what ended up happening. Pretty much, yeah. No, wasn't subbing to anybody. Um, I might have had a an employee. I think I did. Yeah, I had Dave, uh, my buddy Dave Hightower. Hightower was working for me um, for a couple of years. Yeah, and to help get through a, a lot of the stuff, um, which was great. Uh, but yeah, then it just yeah, it just sort of it grew pretty quickly. Like I went from one or two renovations into like a one point three million dollar build. Full timber, full timber frame, like like tear down. Oh yeah, it was pretty steep. Yeah, it was pretty steep. And you know, I mean, it was steep learning curve. I had a lot of support. I had a lot of you know help with some of the staff that I had and and that sort of thing. And so that was really good. Um, but uh, yeah, and then you know things sort of changed. Two thousand and eight. You know, things really slowed down after the, the the recession and the crash and then had a couple of jobs go really bad and, and got stung. 
and then uh, built another house, and um, that went fairly well. But uh, you know, it's one thing to to put, you know, to build the house and be on the tools, and it's another thing to manage the finances and the paperwork and be on that program and and charge the right price and work to that and and that sort of thing. And so, yeah, so. And then it changed again. <laughs> a lot of change. <laughs> so is this part of the vulnerability part? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I mean, yeah, I I'm I'll be the first one to admit that I made uh, I made some pretty big mistakes. So those those mistakes are kind of more around just the way you're pricing projects. Pricing projects and and just managing finances and, you know, like cha- it, it, essentially what it ended up being was you know, I was chasing the money, and and that's that's where I got burned. Yeah. Yeah. This has come up a couple of times in the last you know week or two of conversations with people. Just you know, and let's let's even talk about intro rust a bit. The bubble pop. Right. Yeah. 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 And for for Intrawest it was rapid, like like mega rapid. Yeah. Mm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's where I got burned was the cash flow, right? Is is to be to be honest, you know, you you were getting I was getting big fat checks and you know, they were going into my bank account and I was like, Oh, sweet, you know, but then you get behind on some bills and you know anyways. Yeah, <laughs> And then it changes, yeah. So, uh, was there kind of a, how did it feel? Like, was there just, you were hard on yourself at that end? Yeah, and then I, I, I mean, I didn't really have a lot of, um, I didn't have a lot of choices, really. And, and so, and I, I sort of backed myself into a corner that I wasn't really able to, to get out of, and, so unfortunately I had to fold the business. Um but not the name and that's a I'll tell you man that's yeah so you you asked you know was it hard on me and did I beat myself up? Yeah, like for probably 18 months after you know I I closed the doors and you know had some hard feelings in pretty small community. Um it was pretty tough to sort of you know, a few years after that, so that was like, oh, what was that now? Five years ago, four years ago, five years ago. A few years after that, to sort of come back and be like, okay, I've shifted gears. Different things are much different in in a much better way. Uh, that name is that's that's me. That's that's been me for fifteen years. 
Yeah, dude. So yeah, so Play West, Play West now is is uh, so it's Play West Mountain Experience, um, and we are a guiding company that um, at this point is focusing on day hikes. So we take um, we take our clients to a lot of the classics in in the Columbia Valley and the um, in the Purcell Mountains and in the Canadian Rockies and. Uh, the idea is simply to to get people to disconnect. Um, so our mantra is disconnect, uh, engage, uh, and experience. And so you know the the dis in disconnect is kind of bracketed because it's like the mantra is sort of the idea is that we want you to disconnect, but then reconnect with nature, with being outside, with yourself. You know. Um, take time away from your devices and 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 reconnect with what's real, you know, the mountains, the trees, the experience, and then engage, you know, with with um, you know your fellow hikers, with with the guides, um, with your environment. Learn a little bit about your, the area, um, the flora fauna. Have it have an experience, you know, and part of the experience um, is more about creating memories. And so, um, you know, this is going to sound maybe a little bit vulgar, but there's a <laughs> yeah. You sure? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess you can edit. You you can edit it out. But there's a really good buddy of mine who uh, I've known for 25 years from Panorama days who. Uh, you know, him and I have had a lot of heart-to-hearts over the years. And um, one thing that we, we we always laugh about and come back to, and it was a piece of advice that he was given to from another friend of his. And it was like, you know, dude, when we're laying in the old old folks' home and, you know, you're changing my piss bag or I'm changing your piss bag, it doesn't really matter what phone you had, what car you drove, what what. Like, none of that shit matters. At that point, it's over. It doesn't matter. What will matter is the memories that you built over the time that you were alive. And so, for me, I want to take people out and show them such a good time that they'll be like, oh, man, 15 years from now, they're like, yeah, we went on this hike to Jumbo Pass. And, man, what an an incredible experience that was, you know? We learned about this and yeah, like I came home and sure I was maybe a little bit tired, but I was like, like I felt great, you know, maybe felt that connection again. Yeah, I guess I kind of went like <laughs> right into it there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. For me, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it was, and it was like, 
it it felt it felt right like it felt like yeah this is this is more in line with where i should be rather than being a general contractor chasing money being chased for money chasing subs chasing my 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 employees being chased by all of the same people you know it's this was just much more oh i hate using this term but much more organic you know like it was, yeah it was much more um genuine and it was more um yeah i mean i guess it was it was more giving a piece of me personally and my enjoyment of being in the mountains and being in the environment and being outdoors um you know and to share that with people what i think is really cool is that you know a lot of people are a lot of people are afraid to go in the mountains or to go in the forest or to go you know and for whatever reason and in some cases rightfully so like i get it um so it's it gives us an opportunity to show people what's possible um and i experienced that a couple years ago uh yeah two years ago on the west coast trail working for uh i'm gonna do a little shameless plug for a company uh for uh for bca tours um uh, danny page is the guy that runs that outfit and and they do um quite a great business doing multi-day trips in uh on the west coast trail uh, a pretty famous trail for canada um, on vancouver island and uh anyways i was guiding for for him and and um there's been multiple times where people would get into the first day and they're like, this is not for me. Like, I can't do this. And through a little bit of encouragement and a little bit of support and a little bit of, you know, from the guiding team and, um, and, you know, like congratulating them on a successful day and, you know, like just being really positive and being like, yeah, you got this. Like you just crushed, you know, 10 kilometers or 15 kilometers or whatever it is on some of the harshest trail in Canada. Like you have you done it? Yeah. Yeah. Yo, you're in it. Tides, ladders, like there's la- ladders upon ladders upon ladders. And weather. Yeah. So yeah. So there was one it was funny actually. There's one story in particular um, there was this lady who came in from, uh, Ontario, I think, and she, um, she had, uh, had worked in p- national parks. Banff was a ranger for Banff, um, horseback riding, grizzly bear encounters, like in the pre-trip meeting dinner, it was like, she's, this girl's going to crush it. Like she's going to, she's, we don't even need to worry about her. The one thing that I don't think she was expecting and we definitely weren't was that um, she really wasn't a fan of the ladders. And the ladders is like, it's, there's no way around it. There's friggin' ladders and there's a lot of them. And uh, we got through it. Um, There was, you know, tears. There was a lot of swearing and cursing, a lot of self-doubt. And, uh, and yeah, she got through it and man, like 
the sense of achievement that she had at the end of that trip was, and I mean, you've done some major endurance stuff and, and, uh, I'm sure that when you finish something like that, it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I did it, you know? And she was like that. Yeah. So that's, for me, that's powerful because I'm like, you know, not to pat my back, but it helped, helped, helped her get through it, you know, as, as did the other guide. Yeah. but the irony is is that that could be said about life right it really is you just got to keep moving forward head down ass up and keep going yeah oh yeah Uh, I think. Did okay. For, for the listeners, this will sound really funny, but did he did he own the uh, A and Dub? Okay, I'm okay. Then no. Oh yeah. 
oh, that's the best sound in the world right now. Um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Grazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But um Yeah, there's definitely something to be said for No, and it's you know, it's dude, that's soul food, man. Soul food. So, you know, backtrack a little bit. Um speaking of experiences. Um, I went, uh, so after I folded up the, the contracting business and, you know, it was a really, really, really tough time. Um, I went for, uh, a hike up in Jumbo Pass, uh, by myself and, uh, you know, packed a journal, which I wasn't really used to writing in <laughs> and, uh, and some food and a beer and, and, uh, hiked up to, to the cabin and then went to, um, we kind of know what his birthday bump um, behind the cabin and sat up there and I cracked open my beer and I started writing in my journal and super nice day. You know, there's a few clouds here and there, a little bit of a breeze. And have you ever, have you been up to Jumbo? Yeah. So, I mean, like, like you look over Glacier Creek and, you know, you've got the Cauldron Glacier and, and Quibble Peak and Horseshoe Glacier and Cauldron Mountain. It's beautiful, beautiful vista. Like, it's incredible. And uh, I, and I've got the place to myself. It's just me. And so writing in my journal and drinking a beer and cheese and some salami and having a, having a moment. And uh, something catches my eye, and it's... Um, I couldn't tell for sure if it was a raven or hawk, um, but there was two of them, and uh, they were catching thermals, and just like, oh, dude, it was so cool, right? So they're doing these big, massive circles, turns, right above me, like, and just gaining altitude and gaining altitude, and they're kind of playing a little bit, and and then they pointed it straight west over the pass, um, sort of southwest, and uh, closed their wings and just dove. Continuous. Like it was like, okay, we got to get somewhere quickly and we need to make some time. And if you've ever seen a bird or heard a bird, a larger bird, do that, it's like a friggin' jet engine. The air displacement and so I'm sitting there and I'm like holy shit that's fucking awesome and I'm looking around I'm like this is pretty fucking awesome like yeah totally talking to myself yeah and I knew it was me because I've heard the voice before <laughs> and yeah so anyways like I was like okay now that is like that's that's what I'm talking about, right? Like to get to experience something like that and to show people that, that's gold. So I get home. I get on a phone to uh, a really good friend of mine and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about this guiding thing. Like what? This was the kind of the catalyst. It was one of a few, maybe many. 
and uh yeah and so like yeah i got a hold of my friend and i was like yeah dude like years and years and years ago i worked for cmh another great company and thought about the guiding thing and kind of put it aside to do the contracting thing and well i'm not doing the contracting thing anymore so do you think i'm you know you think i'm still young enough not too old yeah well and that's exactly what he said he's like dude fuck absolutely whatever you need i'll support you i'll totally mentor you like we'll get it going we'll get it done like let's go and so yeah that was that was four years ago yeah and so it's it's been an ongoing journey and it's been awesome Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, McTougal's, yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz moving here I think Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I totally would. Um and you know honestly I I can I can honestly say that I don't think that I would be in the position that I'm in now if it wasn't for for um, Brody, for my buddy. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to the guiding scene and, and going down, you know, this road. Um, you know, it's a, it's a long road. It's a tough one. There's lots to go on that goes on with it. Um, I'm still just sort of scratching the surface, but, you know, I mean through massive support big big um encouragement to be like yeah dude you're ready to apply for the for the program for the hiking guide program and get into that and really you know you're you'll do fine like and uh and yeah so it's been it's been pivotal honestly so um and he still mentors me uh now yeah Oh God, yeah. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Yep.
Yeah, and and uh, well, you know, I I mean, I feel like my opinion on that is is that I think everybody, their ego gets in the way, right? And and that has happened to me for sure. Um, and probably one of the biggest challenges is actually being able to shelve the ego and leave it behind you, and and yeah, ask for help because you know, and and not assume that you know, everything, right? Because I feel like that uh, was definitely something that happened with the, with the, uh, with the contracting and, you know, yeah, I got this. I'm good. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, we're good. We're good. And I've learned that lesson that I'm not like that anymore. (laughs) That's, yeah, I'm in no rush. You know, it's funny because it comes up, this may be a little bit off topic, but it comes up, you know, in, a lot of times in guiding where, you know, um, people are really worried that they're unfit and that they're not going to be able to achieve the, the quote unquote objective. And, and, you know, and it's not like that for us. Like we're, we're about, I'm about, let's just enjoy the day. And if we make it to where we're, we want to go, then that's great. You know, um, check your ego at the door. Just have a nice time. We're not out here. It's not a race. We're not going to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. It definitely can be. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, you know, the um, the lady that uh, on the West Coast Trail that was really struggling with the ladders, like every day we were the last people to come into camp. And every day she was congratulated, encouraged, and supported right like it was it was total team building that was total team building and i've seen that i mean i did it so i've done the west coast trail six times yeah which which really is actually not a lot jess my other coworker that worked for for bca she's like i think she's 12 or 14 trips on the west coast trail and danny the boss i think he's almost close to 20 like it's those guys are animals <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure that they would say the same thing that, you know, there's, it's total team building a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Same thing in the bike packing world. You know, you, you know, you, uh, the one, the one race I finished, it's kind of, I started with a blank guitar and, and you get to the end and God, even the guy who won it is still there. You know, and he was so like, rad. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Jeez. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. 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 Totally. Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh no. Keep moving forward. Yeah. 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 Like three days for a thousand K? Like to me, that's insane. <laughs> it's just another, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I've got a, not so much hiking. I've got a, a pretty, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'll tell that story. <laughs> I've got a lot of, I, I've had some near misses for sure in, in the ski world. Um, and, uh, just in, in some training, some training environments that were pretty spicy and was definitely like pretty, pretty big. Um, and I, you know, I mean, I guess why it's relevant now and and what we're talking about is that, uh, it was a, so I'll give you the very, 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 very short Coles notes. Um, it was 21, a 21 hour day, uh, in ski boots. And that's all I'm going to tell you about it. Maybe I'll tell you a bit more. There was, uh, <laughs> there was, uh, there was, a, it was in the spring, very, very late season. Um, and, uh, the, we were sort of in a little bit of a hair trigger avalanche um scenarios so quite spicy and uh had to wait out a few a few hours and that sort of thing anyways it ended up being a 21 21 hour epic um 
and it was like we didn't get back to our base until uh two thirty in the morning and we had left at well whatever twenty one hours ish um I think we left at five in the morning so it was it was quite a slog and uh that that experience um you know climbing on skis um almost two thousand meters starting out at nine o'clock at night with not very much food left, not a lot of energy left in the tank. Um, that was one of the biggest mental games that I've ever been in. Like, you know, um, mix in the fear of avalanche, you know, problems um, and seeing avalanche debris, you know, where you're traveling it's just like holy shit your head's on a swivel and you know it was it was really it was really trying it was challenging but yeah it was like you didn't have I didn't have a choice like I needed to get to back to the lodge and so it was just keep keep moving forward you know it was a mindset thing and uh Anytime I get into a little bit of a struggle and challenge now, it's like I go back to that day and I'm like, okay, if you can do that, then you can do this, you know. Oh. Yeah. Huge. Absolutely. Okay. And that was probably the one, one of the most um, inspirational stories I've, I've ever heard. Cool. Because she went into this six month belt, had a lot of training, had a lot of backcountry experience, or, or you know, um, wild camping experience. Right. You know, like didn't know what to do with the camera, didn't really know what bike to use. You know, and then it's oh. like six and five. It's like, got to get to the UK. So I said, well, I mean, I got to get to the North Rock if we're going to keep bike riding. I got to get back to the Arctic. Like, and to, to pack that into two months, and then for her to just light up at the end and refer back to our last little chapter in the camaraderie of, like, the the online encouragement of just, like, yeah, go. Like, yeah, go, yeah. Yeah, just go, go, go. And she's just all giggles and laughing and just, you know, she had her ups and downs. Yeah. But she had, you know, some responses. Like, she's moving forward. Yeah. Forward. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing like you know, the, 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 the person we had we called trouble climbing the ladder. Yeah. And like <laughs> I don't know if I could do this. And uh, some advice I've heard a number of times from a number of different people in the bike packing world too is just like and I should have heeded that advice on the on the, the race I quit, but it's like um go to sleep. Just sleep on it. Because you're gonna wake mm. up with a totally different you're gonna have a totally different yeah. attitude. Yeah, right. For and it's sure. it's um, it's so easy just to let your brain tell you all the bullshit stories like you can't oh. do it, yeah. you're not gonna make it. Yeah. You know, who do you think you are? Yeah. And all that, all that crap. Yeah. That it's all know, yeah. Um, or whatever the other voice in your head is like telling you that you can't do these things and and uh, and to, and just sleep on it. Yeah. Just, just like, so. 
so the mantra thing um actually uh so i i i follow i don't know if you'd call him a motivational speaker guy he's kind of a I don't know what, anyways, one of his, his mantras or, uh, Kerwin Ray, he's a Australian guy and, and, um, he does, I mean, he's a sort of a marketing, social media marketing, quote unquote mogul. Um, he's very, you know, holds no punches, kind of like, kind of like Tony Robbins, but not Tony Robbins, you know, like, like more interesting and more. Yeah, I just I find his content pretty pretty good, pretty inspiring, and and um, anyways, one of the things that he he dropped years a couple years ago was uh, and he did like this whole vlog on it, and it was uh, um, changing your psychology, and essentially, and I'm not a psychologist, and so you know for the listeners like <laughs> please don't call me out on my my language here, but. Um, I probably screwed up. But anyways, his thing was if you say something over and over and over and over again, essentially what a mantra is, it can change your psychological outlook, I guess, for lack of a better term. Again, not a psychologist. And and get you out of this negative space that you're in and switch you into a little bit more of a positive space that you so that you can keep moving forward. And his line was, this is simple, this is easy, this is fun. This is simple, this is easy, this is fun. So Kerwin, don't come after me. If you hear this and you're like, you're using my line, I'm like, full credit to him. But it, so the latter lady, like first day, it was like, oh boy, this is, this is, this is tough. So I was like, look, you got this, repeat this. Whenever you're wigging out, this is simple, this is easy, this is fun. And she's like, huh, sweet, that's great, thank you. And sure enough, every ladder, before she started, this is simple, this is easy, this is fun. She'd get halfway down the ladder, this is simple, this is easy, this is fun. And she'd finish it and, okay, let's go. You've shaped her life, right? Oh, yeah, well, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I guess, sure. Yeah. True, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, rah, 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 yeah. Not often, no. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, and it was funny that I pulled that because I was like, this is a prime example of where Kerwin's mantra or philosophy works. Totally. 100%. <laughs> Like, 
just a, a philosophy is that words are powerful. Words are so powerful. It's huge, yeah. But as soon as you verbalize that, yeah. then it becomes real. Yeah. crazy yeah yeah right right And you know what? I think I would assume that for that person, you know, looking back on that experience, they're probably super grateful that he didn't let him die in the chair, right? And and you know, it hopefully it, it set the wheels in motion for that guy to realize that he's capable of more than what he thinks. You know what I mean? By getting back out of the chair when you're when you're in the shit and and keep moving. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be over to Rockies, and I just remember walking up a hill, and I just remember just saying to myself over and over again, "I'm done." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Fight. Mhm. Yeah, the Purcells are terrible for that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Easy peasy. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And it was like, no. No. 
I did it. <laughs> oh my god, dude. And it was like it was weird. It was really innocent. That's the thing about it. Yeah. But then I got home. I couldn't fucking sleep. Yeah, cuz you're and yeah, you're wired. Yeah. I think I got up at 5 in the morning and I wiped it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You're in there. Yeah, man. Oh, dude, it's that that is like, you know, for for so for the ski ski world, you know, part of the um the Purcell Traverse, you know, there's the Bugs to Rogers part of that traverse um that leaves from basically the bugaboo lodge to rogers, to rogers pass is a ski traverse i think it's like 150 100, 156 kilometers but there's a there's a there's a first part to that and it starts at saint mary's lake i think i, I haven't done any research on it so for any of the guides that might be listening to this i apologize but a few of my friends, as part of their training for their ski guides exam, had tried to do or did um, the Purcell Traverse, which you basically start St. Mary's and you ski tour all the way to Rogers Pass. Yeah, dude, like it's savage. It's it's three plus weeks. There was a couple of guys that hiked it um, like four or five years ago from Kimberly. Yeah, caches, food caches, and 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 stuff, and so yeah, and they had an epic, and it was like, and and they, all of them have said to me, uh, in some way or, or another, that the the southern part of the Purcells Traverse is agony. It's it's bushwhacking. It's you know, you're a lot of valley travel. Like it's just it's it's heinous, heinous. You know, on skis and. uh they had they had an epic for sure, yeah. Blown 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 um, ski bindings and just yeah like it was it was pretty rugged for those guys. That's oh man. Oh yeah. Mhm. Wow. Oh yeah. 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 Mostly just moisture management. Yeah. You get wet yeah. Yeah, it you know, I mean down here it's 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 definitely a problem for sure. Moisture management is huge. I I would be the first to admit. Um so that I don't get called out. I don't have a lot of, you know, traverses and under my belt, you know, and and sort of uh, long, long, long trips, um, winter travel. But uh, but yeah, the the moisture management is is definitely like high on the list. And then and then consumption of food, you know, calories. I mean. You know, usually those big long trips are done in the spring when you've got longer days, warmer days. Um, but you're still working, you know, like on those traverses, you're still doing, you know, a thousand meters, pl- 
plus fifteen hundred meters of elevation gain on skins on skis and then you know and you're maybe traveling you know for an endurance like a bike bike packer it doesn't sound like a lot but you know they're traveling 15 kilometers or 10 kilometers and in the snow and it's you know glaciated and there's there's the whole mental game of you know avalanche risk crevasse risk like there's so much going on right and so yeah i mean just food consumption um uh, a friend of mine did uh the continental divide traverse two years ago and uh or last year anyways and he just did a like a recap on his instagram and it was like he'd post photos from just about every day and that's a three-week traverse it's actually it's 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 pretty huge like you basically travel from jasper to lake louise along the continental divide it's crazy it's mega and uh and yeah like they would get to their food caches and just ravage the food like and then they would find that they you know they barely have enough like they were they were shedding pounds and pounds of weight and these guys didn't have pounds and pounds of weight to shed you know so yeah the food is the food's a big one for sure totally yeah oh yeah man right yeah the pre-planning and the yeah like the pre-trip is is huge for sure like it's there's a lot of organization absolutely yeah um Yeah, man. A lot of people can relate to that. Like just um our generation's so different. It's like, you know, my dad pretty much did the same thing for years. Yeah. And then he branched out. Like yeah. he did his own thing and and uh but for 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 decades he was kind of in this one thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know why our generation is so not like that. Like we're not like so career focused. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, my girlfriend and I just had this conversation, that, you know, like a couple of days ago, actually, just about how many different things we've done. Like if, you know, like the amount of jobs that that we have had individually is, is it's a lot, like, you know, and, and um, but, you know, I mean, I, I feel like that's, you know, it shapes who you are and, and it's, you know, that's, yeah, sure, maybe it's not the career nine-to-five thing. I, I mean, I couldn't do that if you paid me three times as much as what, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, it's not, yeah, sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Like, I just, yeah, I'm, I've, I'm, 
I'm super fortunate and I'm super grateful that I've had an, another opportunity to have another kick at the can. And hundred percent, which me, which I mean, speaking of, you know, engaging, it keeps me engaged and it keeps me fired up to, to keep moving forward, pulling them all out here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Shit. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. I'll never forget that day, man. Yeah, walking across the... You know, the the proverbial finish line, like, I mean, she was, yeah, she was in tears. Tears of joy. It, re- it was, it really was, yeah. Um, yeah, so Play West is, sure. So for me, um, so I work in the ski business um, and uh, in for a cat skiing organization, and virtually all of the mechanized um, skiing operations closed their doors around the March 19th, 17th, 19th um, because of COVID. So I had a, an early layoff. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I mean, COVID kind of hit me a little hard. Not, not, I didn't get sick. Well, I, I don't know if I did or not, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but, uh, mentally it kind of took a bit of a toll. Like I kind of got sucked into the vortex of, you know, negative news and, and, and Facebook and all of that shit. And so it took me a little while to get out of that hole. And then, yeah, just really actually kind of shifted focus to, um, honestly just taking better care of myself. Um, trying to get a little bit more fit, um, you know, gardening kind of the honeydew list you know um around the house and then uh developing some new programming for the business um for the summer and was sort of just to hurry up and wait to see what um what sort of my my governing association um the association of canadian mountain guides great organization uh just to see what direction they were going to point us in in terms of you know what what we as a guiding um, a certified guide is allowed to do during in, through COVID and sort of waiting to see what the government was going to say in terms of, you know, like what, um, you know, what's going to be allowed. And so things have loosened up a little bit. Our programming for Play West has sort of been set, schedule has been set, and it works reasonably well within the COVID model. Um, it's super easy for us to social distance. Um, on the on the trail, right? And so there's a little bit of um, mitigation work that needs to be done pre and post trip, um, but I think it's all pretty manageable. Um, probably one of the hardest things for us was um, the idea of having um, providing transportation for our guests, which was a pretty big barrier last year. Uh, we didn't have it, and so I mean, dude, I was ready to pull the trigger on a on a on a van to cart my, my, my team around and, um, 
yeah, had to had to balk on that, and it's good that I did um, because uh, the ACMG is like, yeah, it's transportation is is by guest, like they got to get to the trailhead on their own. Totally, you know what? And and like I said, they are. I, I can't say enough about those guys. Like they've totally um, done the research. They've gone to bat for us. They've you know. Um, uh, yeah, a tremendous amount of work has gone into it. You know, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that, you know, that we don't see. And, um, you know, with insurance and permits and, and all of that, you know, and then, you know, setting out guidelines and best practices and, um, and so on. So, um, great, great outfit. So, yeah, so they've given us sort of a guideline of what, you know, pre-trip, post-trip, during the trip you know these are what the best practices are this is what you you know you should be doing you don't necessarily need to be doing them but you know in the best interests or it's in your best interest to to do this so so yeah so uh moving forward we've got some some great programming um set up for the summer a couple of half day trips which were sort of missing in the program last year and then some of our bigger full day trips you know later in the week and yeah and then a real fun one it's like a we just i did a little bit of a marketing trip um on wednesday with some friends and um, we're doing a summits and sunsets so on a night like tonight uh, we would go up to a, a local mountain and set up a walk up for a little ways and get to a real nice lookout and uh and set up a cheese fondue and have a nice little dinner and watch the sun go down and then uh and then come down and so i think that one's going to be i'm pretty excited about that program because i think it's uh it's accessible for the most part um you know and it's it's just i feel like there's not to say it sounds sales pitchy, but it, there's high value in it because it's a, it's a really great experience. Um, and, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a great way to spend an evening. It's a different way to spend an evening. Yeah, man. Like, right. Cheese, bread, little veggies. And, you know, and if you're lucky, the guy will the guy will show up with some chocolate. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, so um, they can uh, hit us up on uh, online at playwest.ca. Um, we can reach us on our Instagram is uh, at playwest, and then Facebook is playwest mountain experience, at playwest mountain experience. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, man, thanks. I, I, dude, honestly, like, I, to be honest, I was a little bit, uh, a little bit nervous about doing this. Like, this is, this is, but yeah, it's just shooting the shit, and it's been super awesome. I really appreciate it, and I think you're doing great things. I'm really excited to see, you know, how things go for you, and yeah, the podcast is great, man. Yeah, dude. 
<laughs> Sweet. All right. Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chris. You know, I know it's long. I know this podcast is long. Um, when I started doing podcasts, my whole goal was I didn't really have a time constraint on, on podcasts with bike pack Canada. And, um, the podcasts I listen to, I always like them to be as long as possible. And, uh, I think I've said it before. It's cause if I'm training or riding my bike or something, and I'm going to be out for three hours of the day or whatever, I don't want to fumble with my device all the time. So I love just putting on a conversation or a book and just hitting play just set it and forget it. So that's, those are the podcasts that I really like to have. And, um, I have gotten a couple of listeners, uh, indicate that they think they are too long and I heard you, I hear you, I hear you guys, but, um, you know, just break it up into two parts. I do that all the time. Some of the Joe Rogan podcasts are like three hours long and, um, you know, I I can't listen to, to them all in one go. So I just, you know, I listen, dip in kind of like listening to a book, but, um, I just wanted to let you know that I'm not going to change that. (laughs) I'm not going to make them short. I'm not going to try to fit them within an hour. And, uh, um, yeah, that's, I just want to let you know. So, uh, I really enjoyed this chat with Chris. I, I I had such a great time discussing those topics with him and, uh, hearing his story and sharing stories. And, you know, if anything, you learned tons about Chris and you learned a bit more about me and I really appreciated his uh, vulnerability during the podcast. It was, it was awesome. Um, if you want to reach out to me with, uh, feedback, guest suggestions, or voice intros, you can do so. You can send it to mybag40podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I love hearing from you guys and I love the voice intros. So be like Larry and Joanne and uh, send me a voice intro because I love putting them at the beginning of the show. I want to thank Rebound Cycle, Cycling 101, and all my supporters for supporting the MyBack40 project. Um, you know, it, uh, it's time consuming. It takes a lot of time to put these things together and uh, it's definitely a passion project. Um, but there are costs associated with it. So I do appreciate your support and uh, I hope you're digging the content, even though it's a little bit long. (laughs) Um, yeah, man, life is short. Get out there and ride a bike. And uh, if there's something that's on your mind that you've never, ever done before and really think about what's, what's holding you back and, um, we're capable of so much, so, so very much. And uh, fear holds us back. Um, being uncomfortable holds us back. Um, you know, you know. I did a trip a couple weeks ago now with Mark Hillary, Murder Mark, on Instagram. And um, <clears throat> even during that trip, these were big days. This wasn't a super cash day. We did like 285k in I think 40, like 50 hours. And uh, we weren't racing, but we we're just doing big days and doing exploratory stuff and. And, uh, there was a time I took my single speed and there was a time where I said to myself, uh, not out loud, but I was like, why are you doing this, man? Like, why are you doing this? But then I get to the top of the track that I'm basically pushing up. So I was running, what was I running? I think, I don't know. I think I'm running 32, 18 on that thing. Anyway, it's a big gear. It's a lofty gear. And, uh, I got to the top and it all went away. It just dissolved. And, um, so even before that trip, I'm thinking, man, I gotta take a single speed. This can be, this can be fucking tough, man. And I was scared. Like I was a little scared, but it's like, well, here we go. Got on the bike and had an awesome experience and it was hard as fuck. And, uh, but I'm alive and I had a great time and yeah, man, I had some downs, but, um, 
it's just par for the course even if you're having a, a fun trip you know there's going to be hike a bike or blow down have to deal with but uh just get out there life is short there's so much cool shit to see and um you know don't don't live with regret that oh i should have did that oh i remember you know i don't live with regret if there's something that you want to do just fucking get out there and do it now i'm not going to pontificate on that anymore but it means something that really really resonates that i'm really trying to resonate out to the world is like just what we're capable of and um test your limits it'll make you a better human all right love you guys keep the rubber side down (laughs) 